Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Good afternoon, everyone. We have another great show for you today featuring Mr. Steve McShane. Steve was recently a candidate for Monterey County's 4th Supervisoral District and is also currently a member of the Salinas City Council. Steve owns two local businesses, Converted Organics of California and McShane's Landscape Supply. You can find out more about those businesses at ConvertedOrganic.com and McShane's Landscape. But first, let me remind you that if you can't listen on Power Talk at 1.30 on Saturdays, you can listen to us anytime on podcast platforms like iTunes or Spotify. And you can always go to our website, whatstheplanmonterey.com and listen there. I'm Paul Wyant of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. If you want to learn more about how my business can help you with staffing, give me a call, 831-920-1230. Steve, second visit on the program this time. Great. It's great to have you back. Uh, Show 21 at whatstheplanmonterey.com if you want to give that first show a listen anyone. Steve, if you wouldn't mind, give us a quick refresher on your businesses and uh, and your work here in Salinas. So yeah, pleasure to be on the show again today, Paul. And uh, you can certainly comment on my background. I'm a small business owner. I'm a partner in two businesses, a liquid organics company, a fertilizer company out of Gonzales, and uh, a retail and wholesale landscape supply yard on Highway 68 in Monterey County, uh, just outside Salinas. I serve on the Salinas City Council uh, and uh, proud to play a role in Central Coast Community Energy as vice chair, as chair of the Air District and uh, the Association of Monterey Bay Area Governments. And uh, well, coming off a campaign for county supervisor. That's great. And Steve, you, the campaign for county supervisor was very close. It was a, there was a 5% margin, which is a, maybe close to about 2,000 votes. Um, can you tell us some of the lessons learned from that whole experience and uh, you know, your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, well, I'm very proud of the campaign we ran. You know, all we needed was about another 900 votes and we could have turned it. Uh, you know, I really feel confident that Monterey County is at a crossroads. I feel that, you know, the campaign was very positive uh, on the both candidates' part in the general and all four candidates in the primary. You know, it is a challenging district given that it includes the peninsula, the Salinas Valley, the university. Uh, It's been a district in transition with Fort Ord still having some influence through an aging veterans community. You know, at the end of the day, you know, being from Salinas with a majority peninsula district, that, that may have played a role. Not to mention, you know, just the turnout and the nature of the election. You know, I, it's hard to read the tea leaves, Paul, but, but again, I, it was a close race and a race I think, you know, both candidates worked very hard on. You know, I'm just, I'm proud of what I learned and certainly look forward to continued service as a council member on the Salinas City Council and then at the regional level. That is great. You are currently District 3 council member for the city of Salinas. And that some of your, your comments there kind of bleed in nicely because the current shutdown, there's been a pretty acrimonious debate about outdoor dining at, a, at the state level. And some of these increased lockdowns, what are your thoughts on outdoor dining and all the money that restaurateurs have spent on um, the, the outdoor dining spaces and, and not being able to have them open right now? Sure. Well, uh, you know, I'll just acknowledge the pandemic's real, the threat to, you know, our aging population and our most vulnerable, you know, immune compromised population is significant. So I think, you know, seeing to it that public health is our priority is numero uno. Uh, Being a small business owner uh, and tied into the business community, I'm very concerned about what this will do to certain industries. And I think, you know, restaurants is one of them, Uh, not to mention nails, some spa and personal care services, even uh, salons and such. 
So I think there there's reason for and and good reason for you know how local government could play a greater role in seeing to it that those industries operate outdoors safely and carefully. So I, I'm definitely much a party to that discussion. Um, I'm in touch with, gosh, at least a dozen small business owners that operate salons, personal care services, uh, not to mention restaurants. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, We don't have another council meeting until the early part of January. And I think between now and then, what we're seeing amongst some local government, you know, cities where they've decided to maintain outdoor dining may, may prove to show a good example for Salinas. You know, I think when it comes to outdoor dining and even personal care services, in my opinion, those two business sectors could operate. You know, I think the piece of our existence that's the greatest guilt of, of, of this virus is, is really the larger gatherings, uh, you know, even family gatherings. The holidays are, are a pure example, you know, both Thanksgiving and now Christmas for these spikes we're seeing. So, you know, I, I'm definitely a part of the discussion on this. And we may see some of the cities in Monterey County, including Salinas, come out with some of their own ideas as it relates to how to permit, say, outdoor dining or personal care services in a way that, that's safe and, you know, really sees to it that the pandemic doesn't worsen. I've seen, I've been to Ventura recently and uh, about a month, a month ago, they have seemed to really have done something very positive in the way of outdoor dining. They've closed their main street and it's really impressive. And also their movement on homelessness, it does seem like they're doing something positive in the homeless sector. And I, and I know you wrote a really a really positive article about the homeless situation in the October uh, edition of the Salinas Chamber of Commerce publication. You can Google that if you would like to read it. Can you talk something about the about that experience with your recent initiatives with homelessness, the Good Night Inn, I believe, uh, the purchase of that or the use of that to house some of the the homeless, and just overall what you're doing, all the all the good things the city's doing to try to help the homeless. Yeah, no, very good, and thank you. Um, there's a few things I could say. You know, homelessness is a huge issue, um, huge issue. Regionally, it was spoken about a lot on the campaign while I was running for county supervisor. The city of Salinas has had to play a leadership role, not just because we are the largest city in the county, but honestly, I, I don't know if the county has the resources to fully address homelessness. There's a lack of coordination as well. And, and as a council member, and I think this was stated in the media, I'm in a great position to really help make those connections, build those bridges on this issue. So a few things. One, the city of Salinas has maintained a, you know, open shelter uh, in, in, in the city limits. Um, we have partnered with the county likely this spring, if not sooner, maybe as soon as this winter, we will have a joint facility that'll open that's permanent. The things that we've done that I'm particularly proud of do include the Good Night Inn project, uh, that's Project Home Key. We were able to acquire a hotel in the center of the city that had had a reputation for a lot of nefarious activity. There's a lot of things I could say. Ultimately, rehabbing that hotel using a state grant and money from the county, various nonprofits, we're in a position to make a hundred rooms available. And, and it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, ahead of schedule, rooms open to individuals that are homeless and willing to work towards you know the, a better life um, it's, it's it's under this housing first model where individuals are stabilized in housing and with permanent supportive housing in place they then 
are able to get their resume together, work towards employment if they don't already have it, and ultimately seek permanent housing. So it's transitional housing. It's not like a, a normal 24-7 shelter. It's, it's, it's truly for those that, that are ready to, to move on in their life. We've done tremendous work to pair our law enforcement professionals with medical and mental health service providers in the field. Uh, we found that by going to homeless and working with them to seek permanent supportive housing or mental health uh, services, you know, we, we can and will make a difference for the, for the low-hanging fruit. Uh, the program you referenced that was in the Salinas Valley Business Journal is Downtown Streets Team, and that's a program I'm very supportive of, uh, played a role in bringing to the region. Uh, I know other cities in the county are looking at this program, and under Downtown Streets Team, individuals that choose to participate are given work force opportunities in the community that's, that's cleaning streets, park, public places, and in return, they receive um, support services, job training, and ultimately rent, housing, you know, social services, but, but, but also basic needs, food, cell phone. It's tremendous. It's, it's a great program and one that I'm a, a strong supporter of. And, and I think it, it can only grow in Monterey County. So that, that's downtown streets team. So Salinas is and will continue to play a, a leadership role, certainly with a new council uh, an incoming city manager that I think will give us the opportunity to do more than we've ever done on this very important topic. I, a couple of uh, comments I have is I've always wondered about the seasonal housing for agricultural employees, if there's a way that the city could leverage that during the time when those are not occupied. And uh, another thing, another just quick comment is because I run an employment agency, I see a lot of people who are in the, the demographics that we're talking about uh, as far as either homeless or near homeless or maybe recently released from prison that just can't get IDs and uh, birth certificates, the things you need to get a job, just basic to function in society. And, and it'd be great. You know, there's a lot of things we could do, but that I think it would be that kind of assistance would be a, a, just a huge boon because I don't think people recognize how hard it is to get by in life without a driver or without a, you know, an identification card. So. Sure, sure. Um, well, let's just start with housing because I, I think that, you know, you touched on something very key as you were referencing farm worker housing. The city played a leadership role in funding and spearheading a farm worker housing study, really painted a picture that we are not only subjecting guest workers and you know, permanent residents, residents of the community to inhumane and unsuitable housing conditions, but just that there is not enough inventory in that category, exasperating the homeless issue or even just a hard enough time for workforce housing, you know, firefighters, teachers, members of the, of the community that have decent jobs that can't find decent housing. So one, if, you, if you think of housing as a web, one of the areas that, that the city's really emphasized is the construction and development of more farm worker housing. And I'm very proud of some of the recent developments, certainly at the intersection of Davis and Rossi, where you know, hundreds of units coming online will place farm workers in suitable, really, really, really safe and, and well put together housing and, and ultimately freeing up other units in the community. You know, it's not out of the question that our code enforcement is frequently coming across 16, 20 farm workers in a three bedroom or four bedroom, two bath, mm. one bath house in the city limits of Salinas. So well, housing is a huge issue in the region. And that's, that's one area we've really focused on. In a, in a recent business journal article, they talked about the affordability of Salinas. I don't know if you saw that, but they said basically in Monterey, it wasn't just Salinas, it was Monterey County. It was roughly like $5,200 a month is needed to rent an apartment and basically function 
you know, with a two bedroom apartment, there's a lot feeding into that. And, and you just touched on a lot of it. But what about like zoning regulations or ease for developers to be able to build new houses? Because that's really what it is, is inventory. I mean, that's my, my diagnosis. I'd be interested in your thoughts. Well, right alongside our discussion about homelessness is a discussion about housing. And we've really got to tackle this issue. Uh, housing is a web. It includes farm worker housing, guest worker housing. It includes low-income, homeless, workforce housing. We need more inventory. I mean, it, it doesn't take a PhD economist to come to that conclusion. Uh, there's a few things. One, the city's worked very hard to address low-hanging fruit in the form of more farm worker housing. That includes permitting of hotels or underperforming hotels to be transitioned either seasonally or year-round to farm worker housing and guest worker housing. But it also includes incentivizing the development of you know, farm worker housing, specific housing for farm workers. We have some great projects uh, in the city limits on the periphery of the city that'll service that, bringing uh, hundreds of units online even within the next few months. And that frees up units within the community. We've rolled out incentives to waive fees on accessory dwelling units. So these are small 500 square foot units behind a house or a side a house, granny units as they're often referred to, you know, just displacing or taking some of the, the stress off the system. You know, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head by, by stating we really need to spend the time on permitting. Uh, planning and building has worked hard. Uh, it's been a priority of the last two mayors to reform uh, both those departments. Um, we have a lot of we have a lot of work to do still. There there needs to be a continued move towards more online streamlining, streamlining you know, a, a ways to as we prioritize housing, as we prioritize certain types of housing, incentivize you know that sort of development. We need an express lane, um, and, and there's some creative ideas for that. I think our new city manager will will help us there. And just as a side note, what Seaside's doing, I, you may or may not be aware, but they have pre-approved plans for uh, 80 user accessory dwelling units. So yeah, that, you bet. I love that. So uh, I'm Paul Wyant, and you've been listening to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk 1460 AM and 101.1 FM. After the break, we'll be back with more from Mr. Steve McShane. We're going to ask him about the new city manager position and just the city budget. Lots, lots more to come. So stay tuned. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. For great employees, call Monterey County Express Employment Professionals, 831-920-1230. That's 831-920-1230. You're listening to What's the Plan with your host, Paul Wyant, and his special guest, Steve McShane. Let's get back to the show now. And once again, here's your host, Paul Wyant. Thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. Before the break, we were talking to Steve McShane. He's a council member in the city of Salinas. I was going to ask you, Steve, about the city budget and the selection of a new city manager. A lot of uh, big decisions coming up in the next months. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So city of Salinas is undergoing a search for a new city manager. I anticipate we will have someone in place by next month. You know, the city is in good financial standing. Um, you know, we have a lot to offer someone. Uh, you know, we're, we're a good middle of the road size city for the state of California. You know, we've got a wonderful climate, a strong economy, a charming downtown. So the good news is there there has already been tremendous interest in hiring uh, and, and, you know, applicants. The process is consisted that I can speak of is consisted of, you know, a survey that has been pushed out to the community 
community. Hundreds responded, speaking to the goals of the community and what they would want to see in a city manager. While I can't release names or too much specifics, I can just say that uh, I feel very confident that the immediate past council and the new council with three new members and a new mayor, you are not too far off on prioritizing housing, homelessness, permit reform and building reform, job development and economic priorities, not to mention streets, gutters, parks. You know, I, I, think, I think I really feel confident we're going to have someone that, that come and joins the city and is able to lead on, on issues including housing and homelessness uh, and economic development. And, and we, should, we should have that to announce in the next month. One of the great things that the city is doing is downtown Main Street, the revitalization project there. I know the Rotary, shout out to the Rotary Club. They've got that arch that, they're, that they've paid for. Oh, yeah. Talk, can you talk a little bit about the grant money that, that paid for that and how uh, one of the, some of the great things that are happening with that? Sure. So not every city prioritizes its downtown. Uh, there's, there's a lot of interest pulling at a council or a city manager. And in the last 10 years, um, I've played a, a role in, in really showing the community what a good city center can do with transit, with housing, with commerce and, and fun outdoor or, or indoor activities for the community, whether that's wine tasting or events or you know education. There's, there's a lot of opportunity in that. And so the council's really bought into that. And we were able to secure, well, bond money. We were able to secure grant dollars and private dollars to really go about some exciting improvements. So now some less exciting, you know, including new water mains that were very, very old, electrical, gas, but more impressively, art, trees, larger and more robust lighting, gathering spaces. There's, there's some real, real benefit to, to what, what's happened downtown. And with the city's priority on these sorts of things, the private sector has come in uh, and invested. We have 53 units coming in as, a, as an old bank has been, been sort of transitioned into what I would call you know, entry level market rate housing. So that includes you know, one unit, two unit, uh, or excuse me, one, you know, one bedroom, two bedroom and studio offerings. The Dick Bruin building, which recently sold and will include 16 units along with two to five different offerings in the form of you know, restaurants or retail. The recent sale of the Greyhound station, which is a beautiful art deco building that will also be transitioned into what we think will be mixed use housing and retail. Not to mention recent investments, the, the Taylor building, which was a $50 million investment and a huge renovation to uh, our transit center, which includes rail service to the Bay Area. That's coming very soon. And, you know, there's there's plumbing and electrical in place for what I think will be um, significant housing investments, uh, you know, on the level of two to 500 units located right there by where the rail is set up. So some exciting things downtown and, and, and something I'm very proud to have been associated with. Yeah, that, that is great. So you can uh, plan on going to a Sharks or a Warriors game and only, you know, hopefully and, and get back safely with that without having to drive. That, that will work out or commute. Even. That's it. That's great. Yeah. We have a new mayor. So uh, Joe, uh, Joe Gunter was beloved, you know, by mo- uh, all accounts. And, uh, and he, you know, that was tough for the city. And uh, can you talk a little bit about, about Joe and, and um, uh, Kimberly Craig, his, uh, the newly elected mayor? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Joe really is, all, is missed and will live on. Joe Gunter, you know, was mayor eight years in Salinas and uh, did a tremendous job. You know, his priorities were public safety uh, as a former police detective and you know, an advocate for investments there. You know, as, as some may know, we, we did build in the last two years a new police service center, a new state-of-the-art library on the north end of town. 
down. These were priorities of Joe's uh, and the council. You know, certainly infrastructure, streets, sidewalks, gutters. You know, we worked together on on some significant investments there. You know, he and his wife were small business owners as well. So he was always an advocate for business. Our new mayor, recently elected, Kimberly Craig, is executive director of the Monterey County Business Council. And as such, um, she has been and will be a strong advocate for business in the region and in the city limits of Salinas. Uh, She herself actually went through the training to become a police officer. She actually has a criminal justice degree, and she's a strong advocate for police and fire. While recently Salinas hasn't seen some of the crime it's seen in the past, uh, it's still a a priority to make sure that police and fire are are well regarded, and and I think she'll be a strong advocate there. I think one of the other things Kimley can bring to the table is more regional leadership. I mean, as the county seat and as the largest city on the Central Coast, Salinas has a lot of, of opportunity to do more and to lead in a real in a real strong way. And I think we'll see that. A little bit of a hot button issue for other cities in California. District attorneys are choosing to not prosecute um, certain crimes. And uh, some cities are even taking some of the funding from uh, police departments and, and channeling them into other services that they feel are more appropriate to helping people in you know the lower income bracket. Uh, LA and, and San Francisco come to mind. And, and you mentioned Kimberly is very strong supporter of the police. What are your what are your thoughts on those issues? Well, I think, you know, the unfortunate events in Minneapolis really sparked this, this outcry as it related to police and police brutality or use of force. I know that in California and in California cities, certainly some of the bigger cities, you know, we've been there. California leads the nation when it comes to oversight and responsibility placed on police officers. We can always do more. And, and I think, you know, there's a few things. One, we have to remember that public safety is not measured in terms of how many police officers you've got or how big a guns they carry or how many squad cars we've got. It's really measured, you know, at the neighborhood level, the standards that our neighbors keep and the level of engagement that neighbors have. You know, it's also measured by you know, our youth and our opportunities for, for raising quality citizens. Uh, so, you know, there's more to it than that. And I think the city of Salinas has recognized that and, and didn't get caught up as deeply into some of the issues because we've we've taken good strides, taken good steps. Locally, it's about a dialogue and and even some of the council member elects and some of the candidates that may not have been successful that really ran on police reform agenda, you know, will recognize that it's about a dialogue. You know, officers and, and the various police officer associations that I spoke with while I was on the campaign trail this last cycle, you know, would remark to me again and again, that they were never contacted. You know, there just wasn't the invitation to sit down, you know, so to, to raise your fist and really go after police, it's, it's, it's a different set of communication and, and dialogue than, than if it's, it's an opportunity to sit across the table and say, hey, how can we do better? You know, I, I would say very quickly, there's, there's some low-hanging fruit that officers would be agreeable to, you know, mental health, greater investments in our parks and open spaces, you know, training and awareness as it relates to differences in our community, whether it's socioeconomic, gender, uh, race. And again, Salinas has taken some steps there, uh, governing for racial equity and, and racial equity training for our officers, you know, a more diverse officer base. I mean, we, we have brought on in the last gosh, five or six years with our, with our chief, our current chief, Adele Frise, you know, some of the most diverse recruiting candidates can, and classes of, of, new, of new officers and policing staff than we've seen in the history of the department. You know, there's more women, more Latinos, 
and more Spanish speakers than we've ever had. You know, I'm very, very proud of those moves. I mean, we, you know, I think it's important that we take those steps. And you know, I, I, I'm really excited by the new council, Paul. I, you know, we have we have three new council members and a new mayor. And you know, those three council members bring a lot of youth and energy. I think one of them is 21, another's 27, and another one's 31 years old. So that that energy, there's you just there's just nothing that can replace it. You know, you begin to get a little gray hair, you begin to get a little set in your ways, and it, you know, puts you in a little bit of a disadvantage. <laughs> uh, I think so. Uh, I'm very I'm very encouraged. I really am, and and look forward to to seeing what I can do to to keep Salinas safe to stand with our officers and see to it that, that there is the community buy-in and community policing here in Salinas that we need. I, I think most people could say that Salinas continues to move in the right direction. It is, it's a great city and it, and it continues to improve. What, before we go, we're, we're getting close to the end here. What can you tell us about just any subjects in the future? What are you really excited about in the future? What do you see as challenges? And, uh, you know, and anything about the future that you're, you know, that you can paint a picture? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunity on your show. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, you know, when it comes to economic development, workforce training, you know, diversifying our economy. I've been very involved in ag tech. I'm the founder of the Salinas Valley Ag Tech Summit. Uh, I own an ag tech business that provides liquid organic fertilizer, you know, really all over the world. Uh, I'll say that there's room to grow there. You know, the, the benefit to introducing entrepreneurism at the you know, junior high, high school and community college level, you know, with, with a Shark Tank style throwdown mentorship, there, there's, there's tremendous opportunity there. And Salinas has taken some steps. So I, I do look forward to diversifying our economy and capitalizing on on technology. I mean, Time Magazine just featured a, a local business for its efforts in robotic thinning. Um, you know, thinning is, is now being handled in the field more than 50% of the time by a robot rather than by a human. Uh, and that's, that's a tremendous move. You know, we are harvesting romaine with half as many people today than we did 10 years ago. So this is like a, a silent uh, but important um, set of observations. So I think if we can grow local businesses and grow local entrepreneurism in that opportunity space, we, we begin to, to then leverage that not just nationally, but internationally, because you know, human beings are growing food all over the nation. So there's something to be said about that. Uh, I am very excited about parks in our community. We have Car Lake uh, that the Big Sur Land Trust has recently invested in, and the city's playing a, a very key role in developing that that open space. Been a bit advocate for trees. We recently secured another grant to bring more urban greening, growing your, you know, our own food. I established uh, a couple of community gardens in Salinas, and I think there's some benefit to getting youngsters and families into the practice of growing some of their own food, and that can be done in a very successful way at parks. So there's some, those are on the fringe, kind of the cool and fun aspects of, of city government. But again, as I think we've covered in this opportunity on the show here, it, it's about homelessness, housing. We've got you know, a budget you know, re- responsibility to the taxpayers, permitting reform, support for small business, you know, our downtown, and, uh, you know, and then all the fun stuff. So I just I want to thank you for having me today. This has been great. Yeah, I really always enjoy having you on the program, Steve. I'd like, to, of course, always welcome back. I'd love to hear all the great things about Salinas and, and uh, the county and, and your, your just wealth of knowledge as a lifelong citizen of this great place. Yeah, thanks again. Well, people can contact me. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can catch me through McShane's Landscape Supply. That's my primary business outside of 
Salinas on Highway 68. That's Steve at McShane'sLandscape.com uh, or at McShane's, 831-455-1876. Thank you, Paul. That's great. Yes, and you have a Twitter account too, I saw. So you can probably tweet I do. It, uh, <laughs> yep. Stephen. He may, he may respond to that as well. So that's great. I'm Paul Wyant, owner of Express Employment Professionals in Monterey County. At Express, we find great people to help your business run more smoothly. Do you really want to be working all day Saturday because your business is understaffed? Of course you don't. You want to be out golfing, hiking in the Pinnacles. Maybe you want to be walking down Main Street in Salinas, perhaps along the Asilomar Beach, all beautiful places to be during COVID-19. If you want to find out how I can help you get out from the soul-sucking lights, fluorescent lights of your office and onto a whale watching boat, just give me a call today. Grab a pen and paper right now. 831-920-1230. Again, that's 831-920-1230. And thanks again to my great guest. Always a good time having him on the program, Mr. Steve McShane. We'd also like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero, the greatest producer in the business. And of course, Mr. David Marzetti. He's the host of the Saturday Morning Shagbag Radio Show, and he helped me make this program possible, and you can catch him right here on Power Talk, 1460 AM and 101.1 FM every Saturday morning. And then if you stay till 1.30, you can always enjoy What's the Plan, and that's our show here. Stay tuned for Business Sense Radio with Mr. Edward King up next. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. Some people get their kicks Stomping on a dream But I don't let it Let it get me down Cause this fine old world It keeps spinning around The preceding was a paid commercial program And the views expressed are those of the speaker And do not reflect the views or opinions Of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management